Acts chapter 16 tonight. Acts chapter 16. We're going to start in verse 16. Stand with me if you would for the reading of the Word. The Bible says, And it came to pass as we went to prayer. A certain damsel... Now, let me ask you a question. Now, wait a minute. Let me ask you a question first. Now, we know the story about Paul and Silas in prison. But let me ask you a question. Do you know why they went to prison? Do you know why they went to prison together? Well, that's that's the reason the Lord sent them there. But why did man put them in prison? Do you all remember? No, well, no, not. Let me, let's look at that. This is what we're fixing to read right now. So let's look and see. This is why he was put in prison. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. That is a, that is a spirit of fortune telling. A spirit of, uh, of uh, divination is a spirit of fortune. It's a soothsaying spirit, a fortune telling spirit such as that. <clears throat> it said a a, a damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying, which means by fortune telling. Now, now listen, now understand that word. I just want to drop a, 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 an FYI in there. Look at how that word says soothsaying. That's where we get soothing. That's where we get soothe. From soothsaying. Listen, fortune tellers couldn't make much money if they wasn't telling you something sounded really good. See what I mean? Fortune tellers need to tell you all kind of really sweet, smooth stuff so you'll pay them to hear all that. Now, they made much gain by her soothsaying. Okay, now 17 says, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God, which show, us un, which show unto us the way of salvation. They were mocking. They were mocking the disciples. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. Now, notice here, <laughs> you know, Paul was looking... I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you sit down here in just a minute. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you right now to anoint these lips of clay. God, I thank you for what you've already done here tonight. Now, Lord, I hate to uh, just put uh, put it all on you, God, but uh, Lord, if you go ahead and preach this message, oh God, while you're here, Lord, that would really be good uh, and touch the hearts of your children here tonight. Master, just speak to every heart and every mind. God, let this word find a lodging place in every heart. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would feed us, oh God, tonight from the from the manna in this word in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said in Jesus' name. You can be seated because we're going to divide some scripture here tonight. Okay, now, this lady was following them who was possessed with this spirit. She was mocking them. Oh, look, she said, these men uh, are these men are servants of the Most High God which show, us, which show unto us the way of salvation. And she did this many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the what? He didn't turn and talk to the woman. When he turned and looked, he was looking at the woman. But the Bible said he turned and said to the Spirit. 
I want you to understand, we're going to tear this Word all to pieces tonight. Is that all right with you? We're going to tear this Word up tonight, and, and we're going to look at this whole Scripture. We've looked at this Scripture a lot. I know you have. We as Christians look at this passage a lot, but we're going to dig in. So put your, put your work boots on and put your hard hat on and your, your goggles and all that because we're going to dive in. Now, understand this. Many people that you come in contact with in your life may not look too good. They may look good, but understand, you're not dealing with a person. When you deal with mankind, you're not dealing with a person. You're dealing with a spirit of one sort or another. You're either dealing with the Spirit of the Lord or you're dealing with the Spirit of the enemy. Every battle is of a spiritual nature. There is nothing carnal. You're serving one or the other. Even whether people know it or not. That lady may not have realized it at all, but she was serving the devil. Now let's look a little further. And this she did many days. Now let's look up at verse 16 again. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. (laughs) Praise God, Sister Sandra. With a spirit of divination. Now let's look closely. Come on in, Sister. Thought you never was going to get here. Since you're late for the morning service, we'll just let you join the evening service. <laughs> now, listen. Okay, let's look. It said, it met us. Now, listen, with the div- spirit of divination, met us which brought her masters much gain. Now, let me ask you, who was her masters? Brother, come on over here. Come on over here, man. I mean, we're just going to study a little bit tonight. We're just going. We're just going to study and dig in. Praise God. Who was her masters? That's right. See now, what it's talking about here is talking about the men that she worked for. But we know it to be different. See, when you look deeper, when you look deeper into the Word, really, her masters weren't those men. Her masters were the spirits that she was possessed by. And listen to what it says. And they brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. Now, how do you bring the evil, the evil one, uh, much gain? You pull people away from the Lord. You keep people away from the Lord. And that's much gain to the devil because a loss to God is a gain for the devil. Now let's look on a little further. See how you can look deeper into that word? Acts chapter 16. Now, and it said, And thus did she many days. Thus did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, verse 18, turned and said to the Spirit, He didn't turn and say, woman, get behind me. Woman, get away from me. He didn't turn. He said, she did this many days, but listen to what it says. See, Paul understood. Paul had a revelation. Paul had an understanding. So when Paul turned, he didn't say nothing to the woman. The Bible says, Paul, he turned, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Understand, the spirits, as they said before, Paul we know. Jesus we know. But who are ye? 
See, that spirit that was in her knew Paul. Paul listened to it as long as he was going to listen to it. And Paul finally said, hey, you, no, not you, the one that's in you. Hey, yeah, you, the devil, I'm talking to you, come out of her. He commanded him, come out of her. I'm tired of listening to you. Come out of her. Get out of here. And he set that woman free. But now let's look and see what happened here. Okay, now look at verse 19. Here we go again. Now I want you to underline some words in here that's going to help you to remember these scriptures. You want red or black? Red? Okay. Need a pen? Anybody need a pen? All right. I want you to look here. And when her... Masters, when her masters, her and masters, when her masters saw that the hope of their, underline their, gains was gone, they, underline they, caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. All right? Now, so you've got her masters, their, and they, Underlined. Who was her masters? The devil. Who were? Who is their gains? Their gains was the enemy. Who is they that caught Paul and Silas? The devil's the one that caught Paul and Silas. Any time that you start doing a good work for the Lord Jesus, let me tell you right now, hell's on the way. Let me tell you, any time that you start rocking the devil's boat, now he don't care as long as you're out there not stepping on his feet, but when you start making a difference, when you start causing him to lose out on his gains, when you start taking something from the devil, that's when you walked up and kicked the bulldog in the mouth. Let me tell you something. When you kick a sleeping bulldog, guess what? You're going to get bit. I mean, that's all there is to it. But this is just part of the game. It's just part of the part of the battle, folks. It's part of it. No, when you're messing with that dog, you're gonna get bit sometimes. But you got some anti-dog bite, so he ain't gonna kill you. May sting a bit. Now, let's look at verse twenty. And brought them to the magistrate, saying, "These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city." And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. The magistrates went over there, tore off their clothes, and commanded. Now, understand, you got to keep this in your mind. This was not the men doing it. Understand, everybody that you deal with is being driven by a force. You are not doing anything in and of yourself. You are being maneuvered either by the Lord. That's why the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That leaves everybody else out. If you're not being ordered by the Lord, you're being ordered by the devil. Oh, well, no, I'm not. Oh, yes, you are. You've got to understand. You must Think with a renewed mind. Why do you say walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh? You know what I'm telling you right now? I'm telling you that if you're not walking in the Spirit, you will fulfill the lusts of the flesh. You have nothing to keep you from doing it. And there is no way that you're strong enough to overcome a spirit in and of yourself. 
He that is within me is greater than he that is in the world. Understand, it has, you can't do it. You cannot do it. People that think, well, I don't go to church, I'm doing just fine. Oh, I'm not serving the devil or God. Oh, yes, you are. To not serve God is to serve the devil. There's people walking around here, I don't believe in none of it. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. You believe in it, don't even know you believe in it. What are you trying to tell me? You're serving somebody you don't even believe in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're serving somebody. They don't even know it, perhaps, but I'm telling you, they're serving him because there's only two. There's only two. There's good and there's evil. There's no middle ground. It's very clear, yeah. Now, there are different degrees, different levels of servitude. Different levels of servitude. But understand, there's only two sides. Let's go on further. Verse 23. And when they had laid many stripes on them, when they, underline they, had laid many stripes on them, they, again, they, cast them into prison. Who's doing the casting into prison? Who's whipping them? Who's the one that beats you to a pulp every time you try to turn around? Every time you're trying to serve God? Who's the one that throws a roadblock in front of you and trips you up causing you to fall half a mile? Who's the one that throws a brick wall in front of you every time you try to do a good work for God? Who's the one that does that? The devil. That's who you're dealing with. Know that. When somebody pulls up on the, on the road, when somebody pulls up beside you on the highway or cuts you off, and then they, they start waving at you with just one finger, happens all the time. It's been happening a lot to me. Oh, like, what? What was that, boy? You better be thankful, son. You better be thankful this ain't a few years back. You wouldn't make it where you're headed. But you know, I have to stop myself and say, Bless that man, Lord. Look at that poor fella. All he's got is that one finger on that hand, but he's still waving at me. <laughs> he's doing his best he can with just that one finger he's got, Lord. Bless that little old finger. <laughs> you left him one finger to pick his nose with. Yes, please do. I need all the prayer I can get. Yes, I do. But, you know, we have to understand something tonight. See, a lot of times we look at people, I look at them people, and God has to say, oh, he ain't the one doing it. If I was to pull that guy over and say, what would you do that for? He'd have to stop and think. He'd have to really stop and think why in the world he would have done that. If I didn't deserve it, I didn't do nothing to you. What, man, what are you doing? Flipping me the finger for, buddy. What, what did I do to you? He'd have to stop and really go through his mind. Most likely he'd say, I didn't shoot the finger at you, man. You know. Some people have that reflex. You know what? That's a good point. Let me drop a thought in your mind tonight. How many of you ever heard a story about two dogs? There's two sides to you. Well, no, there's... Well, yes, they're right. There is. Good and very good. I know that's what you like to think. 
But let me shake your tree a little bit. There's almost good and inherently evil. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But verse 10 says, But I, the Lord, try the heart. I try the reins. I search the heart. I try the reins. He said, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. Even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. Jeremiah 17, 9, 10. But now see, that's a good scripture to underline. Now, but I want you to understand you're feeding one or the other all the time. There is an absolute insatiable appetite in the flesh. The Bible says that the heart of man is never satisfied. Why? Because hell is never full. Hell's a pretty big place. That tells you so right there. The heart of man is never satisfied because hell is never full. So understand the insatiable appetite of the flesh is absolutely that. It's absolutely strong. And it wants to eat all the time. And the devil is trying his best to force feed you. Now see, he and God differ that way. The Lord said, Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It's those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They're the ones that God feeds. He will feed you according to your appetite. He will not force feed you. Jesus will not force you to eat. He will not force Himself on you. But now the devil. Oh, the devil will try to stuff it down your throat. He will try to force it in your face. Every time that you turn around, if you have a problem with something, that's what's going to be standing in front of you every time you turn around. If you have a weakness... It will be at every turn. So you have to, what? What does the Bible say? Boy, we're going to throw some scriptures in here tonight. Now, this came out of nowhere. This is not part of what I was going to preach, but I'm just going to follow the Lord. Now, the Bible says what in, in James 4, 7? Resist. It says submit. This is the first part. A lot of people like to leave this part out. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. They like to say resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Uh, no, 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 no. Well, you having a hard time resisting the devil? Well, I just can't resist. It's just too hard. I can't resist. Well, you know what? If you can't get if you can't get the second part of that down, it's because you skipped over the first part. Lots of people skip over that first part, and they try to go ahead and, and master the second part. You will never master the, the second part of that until you get that first part down to a science. Submit yourself, therefore, to God, and then resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Why? Because the Lord said, the battle's mine. Don't try to fight it yourself. Now, let me tell you what happens in what you were just talking about. As I said, there are two that, will, that you're feeding one or the other all the time. You're either feeding the carnal you, or you're feeding the spiritual you. Bible said, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Therefore, if you're not walking in the Spirit, you will fulfill the lust of the flesh because you have no means to fight it off. Your resistance is null and void if you do not have the Lord to fight that battle for you because remember, the Bible says, the battles that we fight are not of flesh and blood. See? 
but powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. The battle's not ours, folks. It's His. You don't want to do His job. Trust me. Perhaps you've tried, and you know firsthand that, hey, some things are better left to Him. See? Now, so if you're feeding, you know when you got two little dogs, and they're identical little dogs, usually one will bluff the other one. You're just like children. They will bully one another until one of them gets over on the other one. And that's going to be the alpha male, or your sister in my sake. That would be Linda. And then you become a perpetual slave. And the little doggy becomes a perpetual slave to the big doggy. And because the, 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 the little doggy, which is really a little doggy, pours all the chip dried beef on her plate and eats all of it, and then I become the sure enough the little doggy because I'm starving to death. <laughs> Wait a minute, that's 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 Sister Hoffman two and three. We're not reading that book. Okay, but now, now listen, but you have these two little doggies and they start out the same size and one buffaloes the other one and so they scare, he scares him off. Well, once he scares the other one off, he gets the choice food. He gets to eat his fuel first and then the other one gets to, they start out the same size. This one bullies that one and that one and before long, this dog really is the tougher dog. Why? Because he's bigger. He's getting first choice. He's eating his fuel and that one's getting the leftovers. So this dog that's becoming strong, this dog that's becoming strong just keeps on getting stronger because then he truly is the toughest dog. Church, I'm telling you, listen, tonight there are two sides to you, whether you want to believe it or not. This is a fact. There's two sides to you. There's the spiritual you and the carnal you. And it's very important that you be careful which one of you you're feeding. And let me tell you how you can gauge when you're... Let me tell you how you can gauge which one's getting the most to eat. Which one's the strongest dog? The one you're feeding the most. It's the one that's eating the most. That's the one that's going to be the strongest. Let me tell you how you know which one's the strongest. When that handicapped fellow with the one finger comes by pointing it at you, if you pray for him, you've been feeding the right dog. If you stop and start looking for your gun, and you're going to help him off with that last finger on that hand? If you're going to help him to find his path to wherever he's heading real quick, you're feeding the wrong dog. If you're riding down the street going, your head bouncing back and forth, man, you know, and boy, you got a Budweiser in one hand, a joint in the other, cigarettes hanging out your pocket, and you got all this stuff going on, you're feeding the wrong dog. And I can tell you, when he shoots a finger at you, you're going to shoot ten back at him. And you're going to be talking in, uh, you're going to be talking in choice languages. But if you're riding down the street listening to this sermon, because I have it on tape, for those of you in tape land, if you're riding down the street and you're listening to some 
to some music. You listen to a sermon on the tape. You're listening to some music. There's a sweet spirit in this place. If you're riding down the road and you're praying and you're saying, Oh God, I love you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this job today. I thank you, Lord, for this vehicle. God, I just thank you for this beautiful day you've given us. Oh, look at the little birds singing. Pray God, thank you for them little birds, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for all your blessings. You're just appreciating God. You're just blessing God. When that person does that, they ain't going to quench your spirit. They're not going to quit. Oh, I feel you. I feel you, Lord. I feel that. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I tell you right now, church, when that happens and you're feeding that, boy, when you got the Spirit, you strong and healthy. Praise God. There ain't nothing like it. That devil can sling a a, a mountain of mess at you, and you just look at him and say, Lord, bless that fellow. Forgive him, Lord. He don't know what he's doing. He don't realize... He don't realize I'm with you. Lord, help that man to know what I know. God, show that fellow who you are. God, just show him. Now, I'm not talking about, oh, God, show him who you are. Blow him up, God. No, no, I'm not talking about that. You're feeding the wrong man there. I'm talking about, Lord, bless that fellow. That's the one that should come out. That's what's going to rise to the occasion. You know what's going to rise to the occasion? What's going to rise to the occasion is the one you're feeding the most. That's how you judge it. That's how you'll know. If there's a borderline, you need to break out some Bible. You need to break out some Holy Ghost. Praise God. You need to start breaking out some prayer time. You need to start spending some time with the Lord. You need to get that other, you need to get the other dog. Listen, you need to get the spiritual you filled up, prayed up, and stayed up. Hallelujah. And suppress that other one down. When that spiritual you gets big enough, when that carnal you tries to rise up, that spirit you is like, and that's all it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever see a little old dog? When a big dog, you know, they play with him and all that kind of stuff, but when it comes to dinner time, it's like, or, you know, sometimes they won't even say nothing. They just pull that Elvis on them. You see him pulling that dog Elvis. <laughs> He said, uh-oh, his hip fix start moving. Run! <laughs> just that lip just goes up a little bit. And that dog's like... And he's like... Yeah! <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Praise God. Very hard doing good like a medicine, don't it? Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I tell you, God's so good. Hallelujah. You know, I want to ask you a question now. We're going down a little further. And we're, and, nah, I ain't even going to say we're going to finish yet. We all got plenty of time. I'll let you all out this early. You never will get over it. <laughs> you all run me out from if I let you all out this early. All right, now, but I won't keep you all night. Now, okay, we're right here. It said, charging the jailer. Listen, 23. It said, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer. To keep them safely, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. Let me tell you, when that old devil binds you up and you're truly a, a, a Christian, you're truly a, God, a godly woman or godly man, man, the devil don't play. He try, man, he tries to hold you fast. He knows. Man, he'll try to lock you up. 
where, man, it's going to take some, it's going to take something to get you out of there. Paul couldn't have broke his way out of there. Silas couldn't have broke his way out of there. They put him in the inner prison just in case something fails. You still got all these doors to go through to get to the outer prison. Then you still got to break through the outer prison. And before all that, you got to get out of them stocks and you got to come off that wall. If you study back into those ancient times, those prisons and the way that they did that, they were chained. They weren't just the, the stocks were on the ground. But that, this is how they were right here. This is how they were. People think they're just chained on the ground. No, they were chained. And listen, you can't stand like that very long. They eventually ended up hanging from their chains. Now, understand, and we're going to see a little here just a little bit, but listen, it was pitch black, dark, cold, dungeon. This was a dungeon they were in. The inner prison. This was a, this is a nightmare. Man, let me tell you, if there's people back in that day would have done something to get thrown in our prisons because this is Hollywood Hilton stuff here to them, boy. They don't even When a rat runs by bigger than a German shepherd, <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, there's prisons over there, prisons in third world countries and places like that, man, you can't even fathom it. The prisons over here, color TVs and all that, oh, come on. I mean, get out of town. Kind of hard to do when you, there ain't no hole when you're standing up against a wall. But they were already stripped and beat to a pulp. Now understand they were naked and beat up, whipped. Now, made their feet fast as stocks. Look at verse 25. And it, wait a minute, before we go there, I want you to just, now just go back just a couple of pages. Let me tell you another story that this kind of reminds you of. Let me show you what the devil did. Just go back a couple of pages to chapter 12. Look at verse 1. Know about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Who did it? Chapter 12, verse 1. Who did it? King Herod. But who was King Herod working for? The devil. The devil. It said he, 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 the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James. Now, the brother of John. With the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers. That's four groups of four. Four So 16 soldiers. He put, he gave Peter to 16 different soldiers. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people, Peter therefore was kept in prison but prayer, oh, huh. okay. Now, all right. Let, let me let me ask you here. Now, I want to ask you here tonight. Let's read on a little further here for just for just reading sake. Peter was therefore kept, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. He was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter on the side. Hey, get up. And raised him up saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands. Okay. What 
got Peter out of the prison. <laughs> now you're thinking with a spiritual mind. That's, listen, that's a very common answer. But you've got to go deeper. Now, brother, what were those prayers? Let me help you. You know what those prayers were? Huh? No. No, let me, let me just bring all that into a nice, tidy little knot. The prayers were the key that unlocked the door to every door in that prison. The prayers were the keys. Now, we're coming back to this. I want you to go back over to chapter 16. Let's look at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. My question what got them out of prison? Praise and prayer. What was the prayer and the praise? Say it. The key. That's right. Prayer and praise. It was the key. He told Peter, he said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to thee the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Praise God. Peter understood. Hallelujah. And but listen, even when you can't pray for yourself, remember what we was just talking about a few minutes ago. Now listen, here's Peter over here. Peter... Peter was thrown in prison. But the Bible says, verse 5, But prayer was made without ceasing. Where? Of the church unto God for Him. There's some powerful words right there. Boy, you ought to have that pen just smoking, writing under, underlining them scriptures. Verse 5, 12.5, 12.5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Okay, but then it's got colon up there. It's got colon, colon marks. And then it says, but, boy, there's that big old three-letter word, but prayer was made without ceasing. Now, get your pen ready. Of the church, underline. Then the next part of that, of the church, unto God, for Him. There's three parts that describe what happened there. It was prayer made without ceasing, of the church. It was made, prayer was made unto God, and the prayer was made for Peter. And so therefore, now, I want you to go over there. I want you to go over there to Ezekiel 22.30. Now, keep your place because we're coming back. We're coming back to 16. But go over to Ezekiel 22.30. Ezekiel 22, I'm going to read this for time's sake, 22.30. 
Oh, praise God. I love this. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty. I love this. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for that land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Oh, church, oh, I want you to understand, God expects us. He's looking for some people to make up the hedge and stand in the gap today. Oh, there's people all over this world that need a move of God in their life, and perhaps they're not prepared for it. Perhaps they've not laid up treasures. Perhaps they've not prepared for it, but they need somebody, just like Peter needed Jesus to Pray for him because he said, Peter, he said, the devil has desired to shift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. Church, it's our job. He said, pray ye one for another. Pray without ceasing. It's our job. Now, go back over there to Acts chapter 16 again. And I'm getting ready to close real soon. Really, I am. Really, I am. <laughs> He's looking at the clock. We'll be out by 9.30. <laughs> okay. Praise God. Okay. Now, I want to show you a couple other things here in verse 25. 16.25. No, wait a minute. Go back to 12. Hold on. I want to get ahead of myself. Go back to 12. Okay. Look at verse 6. And Herod would have brought him forth that same night. Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and kept, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him and a light shined in the prison. Let me tell you something. When Jesus shows up, there's going to be some light. I'm going to show you over there another one too. There's going to be some light enters into the situation. He smote Peter on the side, raised him up saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. There's two people that were on death row I believe down here in Huntsville, not about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, that that were needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. They wouldn't allow him to do it. And the one his preacher had talked to him on death row and said, you can't stop us from it. You will let these people be baptized in Jesus' name. And they said, well, there's only one way we're going to do it. If you'll let us bind them hand and foot, they're going to work. Chains on their ankles and chains on their hands, and they bound their hands to their feet. If you can do it that way, we'll let you do it. He said, fine. They put them in there, set them over in the, in the waters of baptism, and called them by their name and said, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I baptize you. Well, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sins. Boom! All the chains broke and fell off in that water. This just happened right here in Texas. Baptized them in Jesus' name. They busted and fell off right there in the water. All their chains, the chains fell off down there, the chains fell off their hands, and the chains broke. They broke in a bunch of pieces laid in the water. Took them out. Took them out. Put the next one in. The guards are standing back looking at this. Put the next one in. Said, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ. Blip! Boom! All them chains busted, fell off in the bottom of the tool of the pen. He stepped out. Praise God. Tell me Jesus' name ain't the right way. Tell me what we got ain't the truth. You can't tell me. No way. No way. Praise God. Huh? That's bullet, buddy. That's, 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 that's real stuff. From what I heard, every guard in that prison was baptized in Jesus' name because of that. That's what I heard happened in that story. Every one of them said, hey, I want to be baptized like that. 
when God starts moving like that in front of people, let your light so shine before me that they may see your good works and glorify your Father. Boy, when you see it, see it's believing. Let me tell you, a picture's worth a thousand words, church. When you see it happening, huh, let me tell you, huh, you can't argue with results. I mean, the real deal's the real deal. Now, I just love this. I love this kind of stuff. Praise God. Now, okay. And it says, A light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter. Okay, let's go down to verse 8. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. Ooh, praise God. That's what I love to hear from Jesus every day. Okay, let's go, son. Follow me. Oh, I love that. Oh, I'm right with you, Dad. You just lean on. That's my dad right there. I'm following him. Hey, don't talk to him. I don't talk to me. Talk to him. He's in charge. Whatever you want, Lord. Oh, I love that. I love that when Jesus gets out front. Praise God. Oh, don't get ahead of Daddy. <laughs> don't get ahead of Daddy. <laughs> he said, follow me. Verse 9 says, and he went out and followed him. Now listen what happens when you follow when you follow Jesus. Listen to what happens. And wist not. He, he followed him and wist not that it was true. In other words, he said, he, he, he didn't think it was really real. How many times have you seen something so good you're thinking, man, I don't even, I don't even want to wake up because I know this has got to be a dream. I do not want to wake up. I hope my wife don't punch me in the ribs or, or, or put her cold feet on me because I do not want to wake up from this dream. He thought he was dreaming. He says, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. My wife's so beautiful, I just think that every morning. Okay, now, listen. Verse 10 says, when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city. Listen to what happens when you follow in Jesus. Which opened to them of its own, of his own accord. He didn't have to pull no key out. He didn't have to do nothing. The keys was already put in the lock when the prayer went up. When the prayer without ceasing from the church, praise God, as they stood in the gap, made up the heads. Praise God, the keys were put in the locks right then. The keys were already in place. The doors were already moved. And when the when Jesus, oh, hallelujah, when Jesus starts to head toward the gate, man, the gates just move. They don't, he didn't have to stop and say, open sesame. He didn't have to stop and say, give me the keys. He just started approaching the gate. The gate said, oh, uh, uh, the gate just moved. The gate just opened up. Listen, it said open to them of his own accord. Which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. When Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod, the hand of hell, actually, and from all the expectations of the people of the Jews. Now get it back over with me to 16. Praise God. Oh, if you let Daddy go ahead of you, <laughs> there ain't no obstacle going to get in your way. There ain't no obstacle going to stop you. Praise God. Ain't you glad you're here tonight, Sister Sandra? Praise God. Okay. I want to look at 25 again. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Doesn't the Bible say that you're made overcomer by the word of your testimony? Boy, don't you know that spoke volumes to them prisoners? We said, man, they're so in love with their God. 
They even praise him in the middle of this dark hole. Man, they're beat to a pulp. We're just thrown in here. They're beat to ribbons, man. Chained to the wall. Man, they're still singing. Man, that spoke to them. And they heard it and they received it. They received it. You know how I know they received it? Because we go further and it says, And suddenly, let me tell you, They that wait upon the Lord, Isaiah 40, 30, 40, 31, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Oh, praise God. Listen, they began to sing. Listen, when you can praise God in the valley, helps on the way. When you can praise God in the ditch, oh, here comes the tow truck. Praise God. The Holy Ghost tow truck going to put you back on, on the highway to heaven. Praise God. Let me tell you, when you can praise Him in the storm, hallelujah, oh, the one that can still the storm, He's the one that might let it blow in your life. He might even cause it to blow in your life because that's part of serving God. But let me tell you something. When it's, oh, when He see, He says, after that ye have suffered a little while, that's Bible, after that ye have suffered a little while, then he steps in. Oh, man. You know what? Paul, you know what they did? They let their light shine in the midst of a dark, miserable place. They let their light shine. They might have been singing that song. This little light of mine. You never know what they might have been singing, but the Bible says they were singing praise. They were praising. They weren't singing... I got the thorn in the dungeon blues. No, no. Wasn't none of that stuff. No. They were praising God. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him in the morning. Praise Him in the noontime. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him when the sun goes down. Oh, listen, church, you don't know what they were singing, but it was good. And it was good enough to get the attention of the rest of them. And they said, and they said listen, and they said, and suddenly, oh, there was a great earthquake so that the, the what? Man, listen, God didn't come rock the doors. He goes to the source. He went to the core of the building. Then when Jesus comes and corrects you, He don't just slap the little toy out of your hand that He told you not to play with. He goes in there so deep, He finds what caused you to pick it up. That's what He deals with. That's why it hurts so much. Anybody can put a cap on a tooth. God does a spiritual root canal. God says, oh, no, no. No, we're not just going to widen your teeth. We're going to replace them. Bring me a jackhammer. No, God knows how to get to the core of the problem. And when He come to the building, He went to the foundation. Church, that's why we as the foundation as church have got to be solid. Because that's what God deals with when there's a problem in the church. He comes to the foundation of the church. We're the ones that pay the price. After the foundation of the church, He comes to the beginning of the church, which is He's the cornerstone, but He set me as the overseer. If He can't be corrected in the foundation of the church, then He comes to me. And it's a tough road to hoe for me. So it's important that we stay with this. 
Because i got to have this to stand on when he comes to me. say, oh, no, no, uh, no. Here it is right here, Lord. Oh, okay, just check and see if he's paying attention. <laughs> Woo, boy, scared me there. God, don't do that. <laughs> you know, hey, if he said it, I can stand on it. But if I stray from this, I don't have nothing to stand on. See? Now, let's look further. Now, listen to this. And the prison was shaken. And immediately, when God shakes you loose, something fixing to happen. Immediately. What's that big old three-letter word right there? All the doors. All the doors were open. And everyone's bands were loosed. Oh, my goodness. Praise God. They got their bands loose, too. Praise God. Don't you know that spoke to them people? I could go over there. I'm not going to for sake of time, but I could go over there and, and show you that, uh, man, some all kind of scriptures that apply right here. But let's go on. All their, it said all their, everyone's bands were loosed. Over there in Isaiah 61, which is my ministry, talks about loosing the bands and, and, and talks about the, all that kind of stuff, setting, uh, setting at liberty to captives and setting them free and all that. You don't have to go back there, but let's stay right here because for time's sake. Now, look at what it says in verse 27. And the keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself. He would have killed himself. Why would he have killed himself? Look at that next word right there. That's the reason he would have killed himself. Underline that next word. He would have killed himself supposing. You know what causes people... Do you know... Do you know, sister, why that girl was going to kill herself? Because she was supposing. That's why people kill themselves. You know what suicide is? It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. But it's a permanent solution. It's over. See, the devil will come and lie to you and cause you to, just like this fellow here. Now understand this. This is heavy stuff. Listen very carefully. Listen what happened next. Would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. Supposing was the problem. But let's look at what happened next. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Understand this, understand this today. You stepped into that girl's life. And listen, if she had not had somebody to step in the gap and to speak to her a word of encouragement and change her supposition, Somebody, why did this man not kill himself? Because Paul was there to say, wait, to do thyself no harm. We are here. Listen, this, listen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Hall
Praise God. Understand this, church. That's our job. When this world has decided that it's over, that they don't have nowhere to turn to, it's just no use. There is no way out. There is no way in. There is nothing that I can do. It is our job to say, wait, do thyself no harm. Jesus is here. He came to meet your need. It's going to be all right. It may be a while, but it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Then, <laughs> oh, here comes the call. He called for a light. Oh, he heard. He heard something out of the darkness. Say, wait. Do thyself no harm. But remember, church, there's all kind of people out there hollering stuff. Show me something. Show me something. There's all kind of people hollering things out there. Show me. picture's worth a thousand words. Then he called for a light. And he sprang in. So I gotta see this. And came trembling. After he sprung in, he saw. And he came trembling and he fell down before Paul and Silas. What did they do? Boy, they just had that little old light shining all over the building, didn't they? They shined unto the prisoners. They shined unto everyone in the prison. They shined the light back and forth to one another as they sang. Listen, church, somebody's got to sing a song. Somebody's got to do it. Might as well be you. This world's in a dungeon. This world's in prison. They don't even know it. Somebody's got to sing a song. Somebody's got to shine a light. Somebody has to speak the Word. Somebody's got to do it. Will it be you? And he brought them out. Listen, he said, came and he fell down before Paul and Silas. Listen what he said. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's the question we want people to ask us. We want people that's asked other people, but they haven't seen no results. We want people to ask us, what must I do? I want what you got. What do I need to do to get it? A lot of people will say, well, oh, there it is right there. You just have to believe. Oh, no, no, no. Let's see what believing is. He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. But let's follow it up and see what Paul meant. Now, this is the same Paul. This is the same Paul that just a couple of chapters later told them that they needed to be rebaptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and he laid hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost in chapter 19. But let's look here and see what it says. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, and thy house. And they... Okay, now here's here we go. Here we go. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What is that? That's exactly what it says in Acts chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 38. 2.38. Now, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord. Now, I want you to look at two things here right quick. This is very important stuff. Now, I want you to look here. 
Let's go a little further, and then we're going to back up. And they spake to him the word of the Lord. Underline that, the word of the Lord. And to all that were in his house. Underline that. Somebody get me, my wife, get me Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. They spake to him the word of the Lord. And he took them. Now listen here. What is belief? Now listen to this. What is belief? What will belief do? Belief will move you to action. Belief will cause you to move. And it says that he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized he and all his straight way. And now, listen, now let's back up. What, give me that Proverbs. Proverbs 3, 7 and 8. Okay, praise God. Now, I want you to look at two little, two little contradictions here, two little differences. Look at two little differences right here. Look up there in verse, look up there in verse 27 at the second part. It said, He drew out his sword and would have killed himself. See that? Underline the word sword there. That's man's sword. What does man's sword do? Kills. Now come on down there to verse 32. Here's the Lord's sword. And the sword of the Spirit. Remember what it says over in Corinthians. The sword of the Spirit, which is the what? The Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And it says in verse 32, And they spake unto him the Word of the Lord. There's God's sword. What does the Lord's sword do? It brings life. See? See the contradiction in man's sword and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praise God. The sword of the Spirit brings life. Now you go up there and it says, in verse 34, And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. See, he followed Acts 2.38 to the letter. He repented. He was baptized in Jesus' name because that's the only way that Paul baptized. And praise God, the Bible says now. Now, you go on down there and let's go on down there further. It says, and when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant saying, let those men go. Now, okay, I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever thought about this? These are just little things that I just pop in, that I like to think about, people never really think about. It's really cool. I love it when God does that. When you tear something apart and study it long enough, you start seeing little things that pop out like you never saw before. Some of them significant, some of them not significant. But it's good to know. I just like to know stuff like that. Let me ask you this. What happened? Now you see right here, and it says in verse 34, And when he had brought them into his house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Okay, so they're at, they're at his house, eating dinner, right? They're at the jailer's house with all his family. Where'd he go from there? You ever thought about it? Let's read it. Verse 35, And when it was day, the magistrate sent the sergeant, saying, Let those men go. And the keeper of the prison, which was the one that he just baptized, told this saying to Paul, 
The magistrates have sent to let you go. Now therefore depart and go in peace. Where's he telling him this at? No, he's not. Let's go on down further. <laughs> Just a little tidbit. But Paul said unto them, They have beaten us openly, uncondemned, being Romans, and Paul was a Roman, and have cast us into prison. And now do they thrust us out privily? Nay, verily, but let them come themselves and fetch us out. They went back to the prison that night. So as not to get the prisoner, I mean the, the prison guard killed. They went back to the prison, and I'm going to prove it right here. Never thought about this before, but it's right here. And the sergeant told these words to the magistrates, and they feared when they heard that they were Romans, and they came and besought them and brought them out and desired them to depart out of the city. In verse 40, and they went out of the prison and entered into the house of Lydia. <laughs> they went to the prison. They went back to the prison. He came out, got his stripes washed, got set free. Listen, this is why Paul was singing. Understand this. Let me take you to another place in your walk with God. Let me take you the next step. The Lord already showed up tonight. He showed up ahead of this message to tell you, hey, I got something to tell you tonight. Let me take you to the next level in your walk with God. Understand this. No matter what you're going through, God has a reason for it. There is something around the corner that you just don't see yet. Understand. Paul did. Paul knew. I'm just going to sing because, because your word is true. You know that song we sing? I lift my hands to you because your word is true in the midst of your storm. I will sing. I will, I will sing. I will lift my hands. Praise God. Because your word is true and the word says I will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Praise God. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Praise God. Understand that Jesus is with you. He's watching. There's a reason. That jailer, the Lord saw something in that man. But understand, he warned Paul. He warned us too. Why did he give us this word right here? For our learning. For our reproof, for our correction. He showed us in here what was going to happen. The greatest apostle that ever lived. Paul, no doubt, the greatest apostle that ever lived, the most blessed of all the apostles, saw things couldn't even be uttered, clothes healing people. I mean, just come get a piece of your clothes. Give me, give me, give me a little hammer right there, man. i got a thousand people I need to bring back to life right quick. My army just died. I need to set them back on their feet, man. we got another battle to fight. Can I borrow a, can I borrow a piece off your pocket right there? <laughs> Man, what an anointing. But you know, what did he tell Paul from the very beginning? He said, he told Ananias, he said, go and pray for him and I will show him what great things he must suffer for my name's sake. He told him right there, I'm going to show him. Partner, it's going to be a tough road. 
you stick in there, it's going to get real good. But before it gets real good, it's going to get real bad. Look and see some of the things Paul endured. Yes, brother. Well, what he, what he saw, what he saw was it, was, it was no strange thing. Everybody knew about Christians. This was no, you have to look at the history. Everybody knew about Christians. Man, all the Romans knew all about Christians. They hated them. They had, they had a death wish for the Christians. And so they knew what they believed, and they believed, they knew that people, listen, it was noised abroad on Pentecost, on the day of Pentecost. And so they knew that there was something they had to do to line up with what Paul and them were preaching. They knew what Paul and them was preaching. Wasn't no secret. But you see, they saw something. That jailer saw something in them, and he said, you know what? <laughs> That's what we need to be. People need to see something in us. They need to see Jesus. And when they see it, there needs to be something that attracts them. And when that man came in, the Bible says he came, he shined a light, he was going to kill himself. He saw him and he said he came in trembling. Because, man, first of all, he knew that his God had opened them doors. There wasn't no way. He was in the inner prison. And every door was open. All the locks were off. Here they are standing there. All the doors wide open. Listen, this just don't happen. That didn't happen to Roman people. That didn't happen to people following Baal. That didn't happen to the Muslims. That didn't happen to somebody. Even though the Muslims were alive back then, they were following the prophet Baal. The people that were of Baal, that spirit of Baal, that is Muhammad. That is the same spirit. I can prove it to you in the Bible. But now I'm going to tell you, they... Uh, that kind of stuff didn't happen. That kind of stuff, miracles, signs, and wonders followed Jesus and His disciples. And so when they saw that, they said, Hey, huh, just like the people on the day of Pentecost said they were pricked in their hearts, said, Men, brother, what shall we do to be saved? See, what caused them to say that? The same exact thing. They saw. They saw something that they wanted. They knew, man, this is the real thing. i got to have some of this. This is what I need. They saw there was power. Power, yes. That's right. Oh, yeah, no doubt. That's what I said. They, they knew. They, listen, everywhere that you see them put in prison, everywhere that you see man, they were made fast in stocks. I mean, buddy, they put their, they put their chief guards, even Jesus. Listen, man, the guards made them guard. They sent guards to protect the dead body. You know. Put a big old stone up there and then put guards on it. It's the devil behind it. It's the devil behind that stuff. That's right. The devils believe also and tremble. (laughs) But you know what? Praise God because of... I know sometimes... Listen, sometimes I don't feel like coming in here and singing. (laughs) I know it's hard for you all to imagine that my life's not roses. But I'll tell you, it's hard to come in here sometimes and I don't just walk in here in the mood to sing all the time. It's a prayed up thing. It's a come in and pray through it type thing. You got to, it says, I think myself happy. Paul said that to King Agrippa. I think myself happy. Praise God. And so that's what I do. 
I come in here and I say, well, God, I don't know. <laughs> here am I. I belong to you. God, you do with me what you want. I belong to you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you. You paid for me. Here am I. Now I'm going to put some joy on God. I'm going to study him back there. Lord, you just lay it out like you want it. And he does. And then he shows up and lets me know that, <laughs> see, <laughs> I'm watching. He, he shows up and he gives me messages and it's such timely messages and he lays them right out there. Praise God. What did belief do to that jailer? You know, Paul's sword was a surgical instrument. Understand the sword of man, the sword of man was a killing weapon, but the sword of the Spirit is a surgical tool, dividing asunder of soul and spirit, soul and body, and of the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the heart. Now, what caused the jailer to move? He believed it caused him to move, it caused him to serve and obey the plan of salvation. The first thing he did was he asked. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and shall be opened unto you. Let me give you another scripture on that. Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let me give you another scripture on that. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Come unto me, and I will give you rest. Ask. He came and he asked. He asked Paul, men and brethren, what? Shall we do? What do I need to do to be saved? You gotta come to Jesus first. When you come asking, when you come hungering, when you come thirsting, Daddy shows up with a plate, shows up with a glass. Here you go. And he gave him and he fed him. The first thing he did after he asked, he served. He became a servant. He served Paul. He washed his stripes first. He served the man of God. Whatsoever you do unto the least of these, my brethren, you do also unto me. He served his servants. Thereby he served Jesus. He washed his stripes. Praise God. He washed him. Praise God. He humbled himself. Washed him. He was his Lord a few minutes before in the prison. But he became a servant. How many of you know when you come to Jesus, you've got to become a servant? Till you can master the servitude, you're not going to ever be in charge of nothing. Until you can become a humble and faithful servant, you will never become a leader. The first prayer I pray is, God, help me to be a faithful servant. I don't come in here and say, God, oh God, just help me to be a good pastor. Help me to be a good leader. I say, God, first, help me to be a good servant. Because, Lord, you are the master. You are my king. And I need to be a good servant, Lord. And I need to uh, serve you. And that those that are uh, that you have placed in me in charge of, God, that those that you have put in this flock, God, that they can follow me as I follow you. Being a pastor starts with servitude. Being a minister starts with being a servant. Praise God. Till you get the servant thing down, you'll never master any other part of it. Now, he served, and then obedience. Remember, obedience is better than sacrifice. He obeyed. When Paul spoke the word of the Lord, 
to him. He told him what he needed to do to be saved. And then immediately he went and was baptized. Because when Paul told him the word, certainly that word was, you need to be baptized. Repent. Be baptized. Because immediately, once he heard the word, he went and did it in his house. You see? Now let me tell you something about suicide. It's the third leading cause of death in 15 to 24-year-olds. It's the third leading cause of death in this country between 15 and 24-year-olds. It's the 11th leading cause of death of everybody in the United States. Homicide is 13th. Suicide is 11th. There's more people die by their own hand than are killed in this nation. Every 16 minutes in this country, somebody kills herself. So as I said, eight people so far. Actually, nine now. It's the second leading cause in this country. The second leading cause in this country for age 25 to 34. The second leading cause. Second only to accidents. Church, let me tell you something. They do it. Because they suppose. Supposing there's no way out. Supposing there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Supposing there's no hope. Supposing. I tried to commit suicide one time. I call it death by Jesus. I wouldn't recommend it because it could have gone the other way. But I didn't see no end. I was supposing I'd had all the alcohol I wanted. I didn't want to live like that. And so I asked God to go ahead and do it for me. Lord, send me to hell tonight. That's what you want to do. But I don't want to wake up tomorrow wanting another drink. I've told you all the story. God made the choice. I thank Him for it. That He had mercy. Because he could have just, because he said, you want me to choose? Yeah. Yeah, I want you to make the choice. He did. I thank God for the choice he made. Because he could have just as easily made the other choice. And I'd be in hell today. But I tell you, I'd come to the end of my rope. I didn't want that life no more. And I just couldn't see no other way out. But you know what? I had Jesus to turn to. Even in asking Him to kill me, I still knew who to turn to. You know how I knew that? There was this little woman once. Introduced me to Jesus. I never forgot it. Because of that, I called on His name. You know what? Even though I wasn't serving him, hadn't for a long time at that point, he showed up anyway. Imagine that. 
He showed up anyway. You know what else? He answered me. He actually answered my prayer. Imagine that. And here I am. Imagine that. Church, not everybody has that seed. Somewhere, right now as we speak, right now this very moment, somebody's sitting there with a gun in their hand. Right this minute. And they're contemplating taking their life because they just can't face another day like today. Somewhere right now, somebody's fixing to go to hell. Right now. That's a tough thing to think about, isn't it? You know what they're missing? They're missing somebody like us to say, Stop! Do thyself no harm. He's here. We're here. We're all here. It's going to be all right. I know you can't see the end of it, but I'm telling you, there's an end. And it doesn't have to be like this. Let me show you how to get that joy back. That's our job. Sometimes it may not be suicide, but it all deals with the same issue. They've lost their joy. And the joy of the Lord is their strength. They don't have no joy. They don't have no hope. You know the difference between us and and the atheist? An atheist, an atheist has a hopeless end. We have an endless hope. As long as I'm living and breathing, and as long as he's living and breathing, as long as he's on the throne, and I'm of his own, there's hope. There's hope. Stand with me tonight.